I had it on mute. I love that song. The, the one that says, heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. Some of the, some of the versions I've heard say sloppy wet kiss. And both are good. I think both are profound. Sometimes when you get an unforeseen kiss, you're kind of like, hmm, it's pretty nice. And what sometimes from the right people, in the right time, right person, not people. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. He's my mentor. It's like, wow, you know? And I just, I, I got the vibe this morning that some of us are having difficulty in our bodies, and some of us would just like a little unforeseen kiss of God's kingdom, and some of us maybe need a big sloppy wet kiss of God's kingdom. So if you're having any difficulty in your body, and you would like to submit to the authority of this community's prayers for you, um, would you stand up? And we would like to pray for you. We would like to call God's kingdom to your body. I love the rules here too that, that Rob always says. If you know the person, you're, you're sitting by someone standing, go ahead and put a hand on them. And if you don't know them, don't touch them. Because it's real creepy. Everybody always laughs when he says that. It's like the continual joke of the river. Father, let your kingdom come to these bodies. We know that in heaven there is wholeness in the body. And there's wholeness in individual bodies. And so together we agree and we speak to the bodies of these people who have submitted to, to our authority and prayer over them by standing. We speak to these bodies and we say, in Jesus' name, write yourself. In Jesus' name, be whole. Amen. Thank you guys for doing that for doing that with me. Multiplication week two. Does anyone remember when the river first multiplied? Was anyone part of that? A couple of us. And does anyone remember the scripture that that multiplication was birthed out of? Shout it out if you know it. Come on, guys. Rob Link knows. Ezekiel 47. And I believe God showed you that. Correct, Rob? And so Rob was reading in Ezekiel 47. And Ezekiel is such a profound book of the Bible because Ezekiel has a lot of visions. And those visions translate kind of into our everyday. And we can break them down and we can look at them. And specifically, this vision is profound, which is where the river gets its name. An angel of the Lord appears to Ezekiel. And he says, come with me, and he takes him on a little walk down this river. And he stops Ezekiel a little ways in, and he says, what do you see? And Ezekiel notices, he says, the water was ankle deep. It was just enough to stand in. And then the angel takes him a little bit further, and all of a sudden, the water is knee deep. And then he takes him a little bit deeper, and it becomes waist deep. And Ezekiel's having this vision and this experience with this angel. And before you know it, 
The angel has brought Ezekiel to a place where this river is flowing and it is so high and it is so strong and the water is rushing so fast that it becomes a river that no one can cross. And it's just powerful imagery. And that's where the river gets its name. But the reason the river got its name from that was not because the river was so mighty and rushing and no one could cross it. It's because of what happens around the river. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Ezekiel chapter 47? And we're going to read a couple verses out of there. I had a a pastor when I was a kid who said... When people are turning their Bibles in church, it sounds like angel wings. That's one of the worst possible analogies for flipping through the Bible that I could possibly think of. Angel wings. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Forgive me if you're out there. Ezekiel 47, we'll start in verse 7. Ezekiel says, When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on on each side of the river. And the angel said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from the En Gedi to En where there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like fish of the great sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They'll be left for salt, which is good. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. And so God showed Rob this this passage about the river that Ezekiel saw. And he said, I want to plant a church. I want you to plant a church just like that, where people come and they receive life. And their lives of salt water turn fresh. And they can eat from the trees and receive healing. And they can receive life and freshness and growth. Have any of you ever found freshness in this place? Yeah? Have any of you ever found new life in this place? Have any of you ever brought someone to Christ and brought them to new life in this place? Have any of you ever been healed in this place? Have any of you ever seen someone healed in this place? Have any of you ever found a quality in this place where in other places in this city you wouldn't even find a quality? It's because the river flows here. And the trees are planted here. It sounds like the vision that God gave Rob came to fruition in the same way 
that it came to fruition for Ezekiel, which is profound. And we live in that blessing today because someone was obedient and stepped out into the vision that God had given them. And almost word for word, how it says that life appears, it's appearing in this place too, which is crazy and cool. Yes. That's white people excited. We just clap harder. (laughs) The funny thing about Ezekiel to me, specifically there, that I love about it, was that he doesn't stop. This place is created where trees are there and their fruit is for food and their leaves are for healing and salt water is turning into fresh water and everything that enters that place finds new life and then all of a sudden God starts to do and command. And he says immediately, if you start in Ezekiel chapter 48, the next chapter, I want you to divide up the land. And it's kind of exhausting and boring when you start to read it because it's just instructions. Divide it up, walk this many paces, measure it off here, divide it off here. But essentially it says Asher will have a portion, Naphtali will have a portion, Manasseh will have a portion, Ephraim will have a portion, Reuben will have a portion, Judah will have a portion, and the list goes on. Because when there's something good, and when there's life, And when things that are not fresh are becoming fresh, and when things that are not healed are receiving healing, and when there's life for people who didn't have life, God says, don't keep it to yourself. Divide it. I want them to have a portion, and I want them to have a portion, and I want them to have a portion, and I want you to look all the way over there, and I want them to have a portion, and I want everyone to experience this form of life, which is how his kingdom works. Genesis chapter 1, God begins to speak things into existence. You guys have read it. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth, and the earth was dark and formless, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then a little while later, he said, let there be mountains, and there were mountains, I'm imagining that because there are mountains, so we probably said it. And then he created people, and he said, this is good, and he just didn't let it sit there. Anything that God created that was good, he said, go and divide. Go and multiply. Because I want everyone and more and more and more to experience what is good. That's why there's just not one fish in the world. We all don't go to the zoo to look at the one fish in this universe. They're everywhere because they're good. And we're everywhere because we're good. And when we experience God's life, he needs it and he wants it to multiply. And so God divides the land up between all these people and he says, share it. And then he says, at the very end of Ezekiel chapter 48, there's a little bit of, a little bit of land left for Judah. And he says, I want you to build a city there. And he gives them specific, boring instructions on how to build that city. And then he says, I want you to name that city. And I want the name of the city to be, the Lord is there. Not healing is here, 
Not discipleship is here. Not community is here. But the Lord is here. And he wants it on the gates. Name that city. The Lord is there. So that when people see that city from far off, no matter where they're from, no matter where they're going, when they look to that city, they know what they're getting as they're coming in. And when they receive it and they enter into those gates, they don't just encounter something good. They encounter the creator of all that is good. And he changes them. That same God that speaks things into existence just changes them. And he said, build a city and call it. The Lord is there. Have any of you ever been to an awesome conference or an awesome church service or someone's home and you went away from that place saying, man, God was in that place. And you saw something profound or you felt something unique or you experienced something awesome and you left that place saying, man, I wish I could have that. God was in that place. Did you know we're supposed to create those places? We're supposed to build them. In Ezekiel, God says, build this city on this river where I have put my life and put the gates up and name it, the Lord is there. It's possible for you to create a place that the Lord is there. In your home, in your neighborhood, and it is possible for you to find places that the Lord is, like this place, and multiply them to other places. It is not our job to come to the river to pick its fruit, to receive healing, to receive discipleship, to grow in our faith, to be challenged, to experience community, and then to go home. And then next week, come back, receive healing, receive discipleship, receive community, grow in our faith, and then go home. Anytime you find yourself in something that is repetitive like that, Romans 12, 2 would say, do not copy the behavior and customs of the world or the patterns, but let God transform you by changing the way that you think so that you can know his will. It is difficult when you find yourself in a pattern that is repetitive, that you continually have to go to the same place again and again and again and again and again and again and again, and then you leave it, then you go back, then you leave it, then you go back to see God's will. It's difficult to see God's will when you're stuck in a pattern. But it's very easy to see God's will if we can embrace the fact that it is our job instead, I have my notes so I'm just reading here, to be in that repetitive cycle. It is our job to find places which are not experiencing the life that we experience at times. You guys know what I'm talking about. It is our job to find those places that do not experience that life that we experience at times and then go there and build cities there. Little kingdoms that represent a bigger kingdom. 
Have you guys ever seen an ant and wanted to know what it was doing more than to understand if you can hold the magnifying glass to it if it would catch on fire? I got these blocks up here to represent something that ants do. Can kids see this? I know the stage is tall, but... An ant will go into a place of chaos with its buddies, and it'll start to dig, and it'll start to haul dirt around, and it'll start to build, and it'll work really, really, really hard. It doesn't, I mean, it works together, it works in a group, it doesn't just work by itself, but it starts to build, and it starts to structure, and it starts to define roles, and as it works, it builds what we know as a colony, right? And that colony are those things that when you're a little kid, you like to just run into and kick as hard as you could. Don't do that, because the ants have worked really hard, guys. And they're little. You know, an ant can like lift like five times its weight or something like that, but it's this big. It's not a big deal. If I could lift five times my weight, that would be a big deal. Jeez. Ants are like, look at us. We have pulleys. And trucks. We can build trucks. And all of a sudden, as ants work really hard, they develop a structure. And they dig tunnels. And then you have a place of order. Where there was chaos, where there was maybe even nothing, you have order, and you have structure, and you have equality, and you have provision, and you have longevity of community. And so when we look at Proverbs like this, Proverbs 6.6, that says, go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider his ways and be wise, there's further explanation of what that verse means in that. But there's something about Proverbs that allow us to think deeper and to focus and to kind of reach our own conclusions when we hear them. And one of the conclusions that I reach when I read this, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise, is I read, we cannot continue to come back to this place and receive and go home and receive and go home and come back and receive. If we're not taking what is being given, and we're not putting it into practice, and we're not using it in our homes to make our homes kingdoms of healing and peace and equality. Have, have any of you prayed over your kids for healing? Your kid stubs their toe, and they're screaming, and you call them over and you say, hey, Let's pray. Let's pray for your toe right now. That would be a way that you can establish and begin to build like an ant. And not be lazy where you have to come here to this place where God's kingdom is being established only in order to receive the things that you need. But we are called to build. That's why little kids play with Legos. They love to build. That's why they play with blocks. That's why you did. That's why train tracks exist, because you get to put them together. 
That's why little boys like racetracks, because you get to change the racetrack, and you get to build it, and you get to start over, and you get to tear it down. That's why little girls like Barbies, because you get to redo their outfits. (laughs) It's always building. It's always being creative. It's always using your talents to take something and inject your creativity into it, and then at the end, see what your creativity that God put in you from the very beginning of time has done. Our children want it, and we want it. And the opportunity is there. But for some reason, we've begun to send ourselves the message that we can't engage into this creativity called the kingdom of God. And we can't take it everywhere we go. And we can't turn our homes into discipleship factories. Because we have to go to a church and we have to receive it there. And we can't try anything new, even if it sounds crazy. But God has put something creative in each of us that if we would only embrace it, craziness would just start to happen. Do you know what would start to happen? The land would start to be divided. Not just at the river. I want you to take it to the Link home. And I want it in the Tucker home. And I want it with the DeVrieses. And I want it with the Vissers. And I want it in the Halls. And I want it in each of your neighborhoods. And I want you to name it. The Lord is there. Thanks, Rob. Site plant. We're doing one. We have found a place in the Edison neighborhood that desperately needs a city of God. And we're going to call it a house of worship. And we're going to bring God's kingdom to that place and divide what is good here so that it can be good there too. We're not looking for followers. We're looking for leaders and creative people who have sought the Lord and are interested in establishing God's kingdom in a place that desperately needs God's kingdom. We're looking for people who want to commit with us to work with us like ants to establish a kingdom structure and an order in a place that needs a kingdom structure and an order. Where there is no peace, there will be peace. Where there is no equality, there will be equality. Where needs are not met, they will begin to be met. Where people do not know how to serve, they will learn to serve. And where discipleship and knowledge of God's story and how it combines with our story does not exist, it will be in the Edison neighborhood. And we need people who want to be creative with us to bring God's kingdom to that place. Did you know that Michigan is 13th in the nation, the 13th highest state in the nation for sex trafficking? And did you know that in Kalamazoo, the highest place where that type of stuff goes on is on the thousand block of Portage Road at which Lake Street sits in the middle? Of course we're going there. 
Of course it is God's will and his commission to send people there to establish his kingdom and teach people how to worship so that change can happen. So that where there's nothing and where there's disorganization and chaos, all of a sudden peace and life and trees that have leaves for healing birth. And where people, thank you, and where people, no matter what they're going through, and no matter what kind of background has been laid for them beyond their own choices are coming from, they can look and they can see the gates of a place that says the Lord is there. And when they enter into that, they're not just entering into a place of healing or a place of joy. They're entering into a place where they can encounter God Almighty. And that's the plan. God has commissioned us to do this. God has commissioned you to do this in your homes. He has commissioned you to do this in your neighborhood. And he has commissioned us to do this in the Edison. Portage and Lake Street. And I'm wondering if he wants you to come along. If you're interested in talking about this more, that door, downstairs, after service. Don't forget your joy boxes. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray a blessing over these people that we can build cities that bring your river to the places where we exist. Where those leaves are there for everyone and where the gates of our cities say the Lord is there. We ask for your blessing and empowerment on this and we ask for your favor in the planting of a new site. And I pray that you call and provoke the people who you want to join us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.